BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And Stephanie from Geeks Worldwide. Okay. So um, I'll bring them in. Let's go ahead and record. And this is round table two. Bringing everyone in. Um, uh, trust Hello there. Hi, Rick. Hello, Hello. Stephanie and Tia. I'm just checking who Tia is. Okay, perfect. Hi, guys. Great. So, a few notes before we start. Uh, this is a 20-minute interview. If you are not speaking, please go ahead and mute yourself. I'll go ahead and lead the uh, conversation by uh, letting you guys know who asks the question. And we'll just move forward until we run out of time, and I will let you know when uh, the last question is, okay? So uh, let's go ahead and start with Stephanie. Hi, I'm GS2. I'm Slate beforehand. Yes, go ahead. Okay, I'm Stephanie Barton with Geeks Worldwide. Um, so traditionally Arthur has been the protagonist of the story and in this iteration he's become a supporting character. How do you feel that's um, affected his development and how audiences might connect with him? Uh, hi Stephanie. Sorry. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's so exciting. I, I, what I kind of came into a feeling like is I wanted to portray a character as vulnerable an everyday person so that audiences and people within the, the story or characters in the story could create the legend and the myth for him rather than him trying to play up to this myth or legend. And so discovering the character through Nimue helps so much. And also I think it actually gives both of our characters more strength within that because of our relationship and how it evolves. And I think what's exciting is I think in fantasy, a lot of the time it's seen from the male gaze. It's very over-sexualized in moments and things. And I think the great thing about the show is it doesn't do that um, to a large extent. And it's, it's really exciting because I was always fascinated by how Nimue's character and how I could help her get to where she needs to go. And in no way did I ever think, oh, this has got to be the Arthur show and I've got to find my way through this. It was always Nimue will help guide Arthur to where we need to go to in the story as well. So it was... Um, it was a pleasure working with Catherine as well, just because she was always collaborative within that process too. Great, Rick. Hi. Uh, so, I my question for you here. Uh, this is Rick Marshall, sorry, Digital Trends. Hey, 
<laughs> uh, my question for you here, there's been so many different portrayals of Arthur in film and TV, things like that. Uh, what did you draw on for, you know, your performance in this one? Is there any particular sort of uh, past performances that you drew from? Yeah, I, I read a lot of Thomas Mallory, kind of trying to understand what the story is and 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 what the original is, because it's very different what we're telling. And Tom's obviously taken his whole different spin on it and Frank. But for me, it was, I grew up watching Merlin. I'm a big Merlin fan. <laughs> I watched, you know, Bradley and stuff like that. So, but I always wanted to not, I wanted to give a different interpretation. I wanted to just, I think every actor that comes to the table to play any of these roles, inherently the character's different. And the audience is going to project their own idea of them onto them. And I think the great thing, being a person of color too, automatically the audience is going to have a different viewpoint on the character straight away. Um, and I think that's exciting. I think the more inclusive, the more diverse these worlds are, the more, the bigger the audience is, the more of us that can enjoy this world and how far it can go. So yeah, it was about drawing on Tom as well. So a lot of resources. I mean, Frank Miller, some of the chats I've had with him, I'll never forget, but um, yeah, it was, it was a great, um, great opportunity just to learn about history as well. Thank you. No, thank you. Tia? Hi, this is Tia from Deep Five Nation. First of all, Devin, fantastic job in the series. Um, you had a lot of scenes, obviously, where you were fighting using the sword, which I wouldn't have been able to do in an everyday fashion. So how much of training went into those sort of scenes? Uh, thank you, Tia. It's really nice of you as well. Um, thank you for the kind words. I A lot of training. It was honestly, it was like a 10-month build-up because we had a month beforehand to work out to work out, to, to get into shape. And I was laughing with Thomas, Thomas Wheeler, the creator. I was like, do you want me to look like Thor? Do we need to go there? And he would be like, Devin, just no, don't do that. And I was like, okay, fine. But um, not that I was ever going to do that. But um, it's, uh, it's one of those things of the more research and the more work I did in that world, the more audiences could believe, oh, this is a different person. This isn't your normal um, kind of day-to-day acting job this is a different kind of world and so it was one of those things that it was 10 months really to build up to episode 10 where there's a battle scene and kind of to make people feel this is realistic this is real this is I can't I'm also really excited that hopefully in future seasons I can go further with my skills and and um but the stunt people in the show are just ridiculous and you also realize that if you're a centimeter off you can change someone's life so you kind of take it very seriously too so it's uh but it's great. And also Catherine's, Catherine's skill level with the sword and like in terms of just like her athletic abilities is actually ridiculous. Like she really took to that whole physical nature of the show. Great, Stephanie. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, just wanted to mute. Um, so this iteration of the story is also largely um, revolving around the, um, the fae of um, the land that's been created for it. And Arthur, as we know, is a human character. So how do you um, feel um, that affects um, his interpretation of the world, both for you and for the character? Yeah, hugely. I think um, the great thing about Arthur is he feels different in every scenario that he goes into. He feels like the other. And sometimes that work in his benefit and sometimes that doesn't because sometimes he's always wary of where he is and he's very understanding. And other times he, he kind of hides away from things. And so when he does meet the Fae, it's, it's scary. But I think because of Nimue and he knows how much she cares for these people, he fights through his, his kind of fighter's mentality of, I don't like where I am, I'm going to run. And um, 
he's always, I think the great thing about Nimue is she forces him always to stay and to fight through whatever's going on. And so, yeah, as a person, it was, it was one of those things of combating those moments of when does he have to show that he's fearful of the Fae and when does he have to show that he's uh, on their side? And um, his whole thing is he just wants to be accepted. That's all he's ever wanted from, from day one. And even with his, his relationship with family members, he, he feels like a lack of being understood. So um, the thing is, like, the more he starts understanding others, the more people start to understand him, I guess. Great. Rick? Uh, yeah, uh, looking back at, you know, your, your career thus far, this is one of the first projects where you've had to do a lot of, uh, it seems like, uh, do a lot of work with visual effects and sort of, you know, all these, these elements that you're not seeing from an actor's perspective, um, I, I would imagine. How did that change things for you? What was the experience like sort of making that transition to a, a heavy VFX effects driven sort of project? Yeah. It's terrifying. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying because I think as a fantasy like buff, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be a castle behind me. And they're like, no, there's no castle. It's just the wall, Devin. You got to imagine the castle. Just look up, look at this point. Okay. But uh, no, a lot of it was, it, it was kind of amazing watching it now, watching the 10 episodes. I was kind of like, oh, wow, that was what was behind me. Or there'd be a moment where it's a very short haul and I'm like carrying Catherine and then it looks like this super elongated, beautiful, beautifully textured church. And I'm like, wow. But I think the great thing about the show is they constantly made us focus on the performances and who, who we're connecting to and trust the high level people around us. And, and, you know, some, one of the battle scenes we're doing, people are throwing sand at the camera and stuff. And I'm like, why are they doing that? And they're like, it just creates a different atmosphere to the show. And I'm like, wow, it's like little things like that, that if I ever wanted to create, you know, an indie film or something like this, I feel you're learning from the best of the best. And um, now, you know, I'm excited that people on, you know, my mom can watch this and, and, and enjoy this. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things that, you know, my mom, when I played Barack Obama, my mom was like, this is it. You don't have to do anything else, Devin. I'm done. I, I respect everything you've ever done. <laughs> but um, I think she, she kind of enjoyed this story, like just as much because she was like, I don't like fantasy, but this felt inclusive that I could watch this. Thank you. No worries. Uh, great. One second, Tia. I'm just going to slip in Melody, who uh, is with us as well. So she's just joining. Connecting. Hi, Melody. Uh, go ahead and just mute yourself, and I'll let you know when we can move on with your question next, okay? So go ahead and go ahead, Tia. Okay, cool. Um, so in medieval sort of TV shows and movies, we have seen a huge cast that is predominantly white. How did it feel for you to have a cast so diverse and actually be able to see that sort of representation in a fantasy series like Curse? Yeah, it's it's super exciting. It's also I feel very well overdue because it's it's one of those things where it's fantasy. It should be it should be the most inclusive out of everything in a lot of ways. Um, but what's kind of exciting about it is is for me personally, it's like one of those things that diversity should never be patted on the back in, within shows because it's one of those things that it should be expected. It should be we should all champion that within the whether it be casting or production or you know. Um, even behind the cameras, there should be more diversity within that world. Um, but it, it, it's one of those exciting things because it feels like everybody's included in this world, that you can go to a Comic-Con and people can dress in any character they want to, rather than feeling like 
they don't see themselves. And I think, especially for like young women to see a, a character of like, like Nimue, that is, it's just a different depiction. And it's, it's also a story that young women and young men as well are now able to grab a book and read up on this character. Cause it reminds me so much of Ophelia in Hamlet where it's just not talked about and it's very much just written over. And it's, it's such a fascinating character. Some of the artwork out there for the character is unbelievable. And I think it's exciting. It's, it's just one of those things where I understand that some people aren't going to like that I play this role and they're going to be a bit turned off. But for me, it's like, okay, well, why are you turned off? Why are you giving it a chance? Because at the end of the day, this character was a myth, a legend. And also some people thought it was a bear or a lion. Like there's, there's no one knows that if this person was a real person. So it's exciting that, that we're given the opportunity now. And um, it seems the world's kind of trending in that way of, of giving more opportunities to, to people who've been waiting in the wings to, to, to really tell these stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Devin. Great. Melody? Hi, Devin. Uh, did you initially feel intimidated at the prospect of bringing a legend like Arthur to life? Yeah. Hi, Melody. I, I definitely, when I was auditioning for the role, I remember getting the audition and being like, it was, I got given the Weeping Monk and Arthur because I was actually helping a friend with the Weeping Monk audition. And then I read it and I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. Whatever this is, this is going to be crazy. Like Netflix is doing this. And then I got the audition for Arthur and, and the Weeping Monk and they were like, you need to put it down for Arthur. And I was like, uh, I don't really, they don't really look like me. I don't really know why I, I do that. But getting through the process, I knew that they wanted to find the right person for the role. So I felt that I'd earned the role in the auditioning process. So I never really felt the pressure after that to try to prove anything to anyone. Cause at the end of the day, I don't play a role going, I'm going to play it as a black man or a, or a person of color. I, I, I tried to bring authenticity to and vulnerability to the character. So hopefully audiences appreciate that and, and kind of take to the character. Great. Stephanie. So one of um, the more important relationships in the show to Arthur is with Nimue. Um, what other characters were you excited to develop the relationships with um, that you're excited for the audience to see as well? Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to spoil it right now. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I think this relationship with his family members, I guess I could say, um, I'm really excited for, for people to understand his vulnerabilities and him as a person. And I also think another relationship is his relationship with, um, I don't know, am I spoiling it? Am I going to get in trouble? Yeah, no, I guess it's just relationships with other, with other cats. Yeah, no, I guess with family members, I'm going to say with that. <laughs> um, I think that was a very integral part of my process over the 10 months is trying to bring that story to life. And um the heartbreak and and him not forgiving himself through that those relationships sorry <laughs> okay rick uh yeah um you you've played such larger than life figures that are really well known here you know you've got arthur and you've got barack obama but you've also played some lesser known characters what's is there a difference in the way you approach something when there's a character it's a character that everyone knows so much about versus mm -hmm. a character that is you know you can kind of create on your own yeah, I, I think being a young actor, I'm still experimenting with my own um, how to access a character, how to get into a character. Um, and my, I, I'm obsessed with 
research. I think the more research you do, the more you can bring someone to life. But the great, the scary thing about something like Obama is he's alive. He's, he just came out of term when, when it kind of, when I finished the movie. So it was one of those things where you have to be so on that people can, because no one's going to watch for 10 minutes if they don't believe that you're Barack Obama. So it's, that was a different process to this, whereas this was so much more physical um, and so much more of an understanding of history rather than someone's just particular life and how to, the great thing with Arthur is I had free kind of will to, to bring a character to life within a world and bring a vulnerability into a character that I read off the page rather than trying to play the history. Um, because as I was saying before, I'd, I'd never wanted to play the king. I always wanted to play Arthur because at the end of the day, the great leaders that we know, everybody, like who was Barack before, you know, he was Barry before he became Barack Obama. So um, yeah. And even with Horatio too, you know, I wanted to do even more with that character in terms of he's just so in the background as this like scholar, but I'm like, well, what does that mean? What, where can he go? So yeah, it was just about like identifying different, um, different, different characters and, and what, how I could bring them to life. So it's, 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 I'm just going to be honest, Arthur and Obama are much harder than the rest of them. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, no, no worries. Tia? So an intent not to spoil anything, at some point Arthur steals something from someone. Do you think that Arthur ever had the intention of giving that back? Because I went back and forth with that. About feeling a certain emotion towards someone or? Well, whether or not he was going to actually return it, if he was borrowing, you know. (laughs) I I think his intent is to, I honestly think his, his idea is most, his he mostly wants to run a lot of the times. That's just how he's known. That's how he's lived. He, Cause he's, he's been hurt so many times in his life. Um, <laughs> so I'm not trying to make him seem like the victim in all of this, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's had a lot of issues with his family and it's, it's created certain areas of his personality that he likes to run when things get too close. So, but I think in this moment, I think he wants to run into whatever he's feeling. Hopefully let's see where Tom takes it. <laughs> Thanks. Of course. Melody? Uh, was there a particular scene from the script that you were excited to see on screen? Yeah, I, I ended up, I've, I've seen the whole show, but I'm really excited for people to watch the last two episodes in terms of there's, there's two scenes that I just remember being like, oh, wow, this, is, this season is coming to an end and it's, you just got to give everything at the finish line to, to kind of give everything you have because this character's grown immensely in that time. And so there's a battle scene in 10 and there's an emotional scene with a family member in nine that I'm really looking forward to, to people watching and hopefully they feel what I felt when I was going through the process. Great. Stephanie. So if my, if my info is correct, um, you're not from the UK. So um, what was it like traveling to a completely different location to film me familiar with that sort of setup or was it like an entirely new experience yeah it was i've i've been to i'm from like i'm born in america but i grew up in australia and um it's one of those things where like there's certain things that you kind of understand in in england because like there is a kind of similar humor and things like that to the uk um and and australia but um that place is crazy like the uk is we were living in london and it's very busy and it's crazy kind of world but the places we would go to in Wales and you'd be driving and all of a sudden it's snowing and then shooting in Cornwall where it was raining. Then all of a sudden it was, it was 
the sun and then all of a sudden the rainbow was out with a thunderstorm and you're like, I'm on the edge of a cliff. What's going on? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing, amazing place to shoot. And um, yeah, when the more out you get in, in the UK, the, the most beautiful nature you like ever see. So we're shooting in a lot of forests. So, um, and it was, it was a pretty, pretty amazing experience. Brick. Yeah, was the uh, experience of shooting something for uh, for Netflix uh, different than uh, other projects that you've been involved with? Because there is sort of a different way it's presented, and I was wondering mm -hmm. on the on the on your side of things, did it feel different uh, shooting for something for streaming that's going to be all out there all at once? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of amazing. It's like I I think I, I'm a bit of a binger. I like binging a TV show, so the idea of like I hate sitting on the edge like sometimes game of thrones i'd have to like wait two to three weeks to so i could just get two to three in a row um but i think it's it's super exciting and the, the great thing about netflix is they're always there for you to talk to as well like i i really like that about the process is they you know executives or producers would come up to you and be like how are you doing are you comfortable what's going on and there's there's definitely like a um a message of like safety and protocol in terms of their process and and the the marketing is always second to none in terms of you can't escape a netflix show like you just can't like you can go onto facebook it's there you go into instagram it's there um and just uh they're very welcoming and it feels like a family weirdly but um so i'm very happy to kind of be a part of it and um also all 10 episodes in the one day great i'll be watching with everybody else again <laughs> thank you no worries Great. So that is actually all the time that we have for this interview. Uh, thank you, everyone. I will go ahead and remove you guys one by one. Thank you, Devin. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you, Devin. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. Uh, removing one by one. Where?